Welcome to Make and Decorate, a podcast for makers who love to sew, quilt, and decorate. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Make and Decorate with Stephanie Socha Design. I'm Stephanie, and this is Episode 7. All right, so first of all, I want to welcome any new listeners this week and um, welcome to the show. Also, thank you for those of you who have listened since episode one. I really appreciate it and um, kind of keeping track of the statistics um, to see, you know, the growth um, of the podcast. And that's been really interesting and exciting. So, um, yeah, it's amazing. I can see that, um, you know, several people in the UK, uh, there's, um, some couple of people in Spain, um, Australia and Canada. So that's really exciting for me. I love seeing like that big map of the globe and the little arrows pointing down as to like how many listens were here and there. So anyway, thank you very much. And again, uh, just a reminder, if you could please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already and also share it uh, with any of your friends or anyone that might be interested in listening. So this week, um, I've got just a miscellaneous um, segment of some topics for recaps, follow-ups, and so forth. And then I will also uh, talk a little bit about some fall decorating. So first of all, I hope you enjoyed last episode, uh, episode six, where I had my 10-year-old niece, Ava, on. Um, That was a lot of fun. And um, my sister just texted me this morning, actually, uh, a picture of part of Ava's um, school paper. I guess she had to do like a little report. And um, I'm not sure exactly what it was, but because I just saw a portion of it, but it looked like she was writing about the people in her life and um, uh, how they encourage her and who's who's inspiring to her. So um, I made the list. <laughs> uh, she had a long list, and it was really cute. But um, I'm really glad my sister sent this to me because uh, I didn't really actually know that my niece really um, felt this way about sewing, and not only sewing, but sewing with me. So I'm going to read you what she said. Auntie Stephanie She always is very kind and encouraging to me when I sew with her, and I don't like sewing without her. I feel lonely without sewing with her because she makes it fun. I mean, my heart was just so full when I read this for the first time. It kind of makes me just tear up a little. Um, this This is why... Not only do I sew, but that I have a passion for teaching, um, you know, my niece to sew. And my other sister, who has a daughter, um, you know, she's still in toddler age, but they really want her to learn how to sew too. And I'm just so excited. I just think that, um, you know, with 
all of the the arts that are in jeopardy in schools because of the budgets that aren't there to include them with, you know, music, arts, theater, um, and, you know, the um, woodworking and sewing and home deck and that sort of thing, not really being available for, for all the kids. Um, it's really got to come from somewhere. So um, it's, I, I really encourage everyone that if your kids or nieces, nephews um, have an interest towards crafting or, you know, something that you do and, and, and you love to do, um, share it with them and teach them because that's the only way our next generation is going to continue on with these, these arts so that they don't die out. I mean, you hear so many times, oh, this is a dying art. That's a dying this or that. And, um, actually, um, for an example, uh, they're, um, we were actually talking about the Brooklyn Bridge because um, a couple of weeks ago um, I met my uh, cousin's, um, her new fiance, and he's a structural engineer and um, focusing in the area of bridges. And I was telling him how, you know, I, I, I think the modern bridges are cool and they have some really co- nice sleek lines and so forth. And, um, but I just really love those old bridges, like the Brooklyn Bridge. It's just so beautiful. And and he said that that bridge would be so expensive to make today because of um, the labor and the artisanship, the craftsmanship, um, you know, and the structural engineering that goes along with it. So, um, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, it's just trying to keep the the creative and the arts alive um, is really something I think about a lot. So anyway, moving on, I also went to uh, last week a sewing retreat that was local to where I live in the Chicago area. And it was the So Sweetness Retreat with Sarah Lawson. Sarah Lawson, I talk about her a lot. So as you guys know, um, I love her patterns and I love her company and uh, she has been doing um, retreats for the last couple of years and um, they're hard to get into because she um, limits the number of um, attendees to right around like 24, which I think is a really good number. Um, you know, so that it doesn't get too huge and crazy. Uh, so, but then again, it makes it harder to, to get a ticket when they go on sale. You guys know, I mean, whenever you guys go to QuiltCon and you sign up for those classes, those fill up so quickly. So, I mean, if you really want to get in, it's almost like you have to, um, you know, plan ahead of time and, you know, get the release time and date going and just make yourself available to like be on that computer and do it. So anyway, um, I lucked out because um, I wasn't able to get a ticket when they went on sale. But uh, someone um, was selling their ticket, um, you know, almost at the last minute. It was a couple of weeks before the the event. And it was just um, so. So, yeah, I found out about it early September. Um, 
So I went for it, and I'm really glad I did. Um, you know, it was local, so I didn't have to um, splurge on the hotel cost, although I wish I did. But um, I drove in. It was only 10 miles away. But in uh, city traffic, 10 miles means like 45 minutes of driving. Um, but it wasn't so bad. I think the worst part of it was when... Um, you know, they kept the sewing room open until midnight. And the first night I was there till about 1130. Uh, and the driving home was not a problem, but it was, it was the getting up early to get there before the next day's class started at 9am. So that was just the hardest part. But um, anyway, this uh, sewing retreat was really great. Uh, it was a two and a half day event held at the Chicago Aloft Hotel, which was right, it was not in the inner downtown Chicago, it was on the outskirts by O'Hare Airport. And um, the uh, it was kind of like a small hotel, it's like a division of W Hotels, um, modern in style, and um, the room that we had was great. It was... Um, you know, a good size room, and uh, they had the sewing table set up really well. I think we all had enough space because I have been at a retreat where we were touching elbows and um, was really tight spacing. So this one was great. There was enough electrical outlets. They had huge surge protector strips under the tables. Um, no one ran out of outlets. And... Um, you know, there was even some natural daylight coming in because there was a door um, at the one end of the room. And um, we actually even had to open it a couple of times because <laughs> between all of our hot air of chit-chatting, the sewing machines humming and these like halogen type lights beaming down on us, it got really hot in the room a couple of times. So the menu was great. And um, Thursday evening, they did a welcome reception. So um, it was just a time just to get registered and um, kind of meet everyone, say hello and that sort of thing. Uh, and then uh, the the um, workshop started first thing the next morning. So on, and these are called workshops, and I um, I didn't know, so I was kind of like a little shocked at how like the first day started, but um, I caught on and actually realized that this was actually a pretty good format. Uh, for the workshop because um, and then the second day uh, Sarah Lawson was the instructor and she explained why they do it in that format which I thought was really good uh, she explained that um, when she first started teaching um, classes that you know she had her step outs ready and everyone was on the same step at the same time so if they were doing like preparing a pocket with a zipper um you know some people that were um super experienced and quick and f fast and speedy sewers would get done with it and then they got on their phones and weren't paying attention and then um, then there were the other people who maybe have never made a bag before and needed a ton of help. And then it just kind of like, um, you know, skewed the timing 
of even getting done with the bag at all through the day. So this format with the workshop is there's no formal instruction, but the instructors are on hand with all of their samples and step outs and so forth. And and you've got the pattern in front of you and you just work at your own pace. And they're, they're constantly going around. They're there to explain the next step um, to wherever you're at in the process, shows you exactly how to do what you need to do. And, um, and then the people who are, cause you know, it's, it's inevitable. There will always be people who are super fast and zip through things. In fact, <laughs> the one person sitting next to me was that very person. So at first I was feeling a little kind of like intimidated, but then I realized that most of the room was kind of, you know, more of the pace that I was at. And I'm not super slow, but I mean, I'm not super, super duper fast either, um, like this person was. So, um, and you know, you just the the other reason why you're there is so you can meet new friends and and get to know people and do a little chit chats and stuff. So I did a little bit of that too, which is rare for me because in most social settings I am not a chit chatty person. On this podcast, you're hearing me and I'm like blah, 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 chit chatting and everything, but this is because I'm talking about a topic that. I am passionate about and that I love and I can talk about sewing, decorating, um, crafting, you know, all day. But, you know, in regular life situations, it's not like that. So, you know, there's there's not very many people who share the same interests. Um, you know, sewing is a pretty niche um, type of a hobby and and profession. So yeah, I mean, otherwise, I kind of like just I'm much more shy and, and introverted when it comes to um, making regular conversation outside of the sewing world. So anyway, back to day one. So day one, there was a guest instructor, and her name is Celine Alart. And she's from Toronto, Canada, and she also has a sewing um, pattern company, for, and she designs bags just like Sarah does. And uh, her company is called Blue Cala Patterns, and uh, the pattern that we did in her class or workshop was called the Baronia Bowler Bag. It's a really cute bag. Um, uh, it has a... 36 inch zipper that goes from one side of the bag all the way across the top around to the other side of the bag. And then there's a nice um, gusset that you make out of a couple of flaps that really gives it a wide opening and you can fit a ton of stuff in there if you want to. Um, but then it tapers at the top. Uh, so it's a really nice shaped bag. And this pattern is also designed to be partly done out of cork fabric and fabric. So the bottom part of the bag is done in the cork, which is nice because cork fabric is like um, a faux leather 
or a, f- a vinyl. Um, cork fabric is natural cork. It's really nice. It's it's just very nice and easy to work with too, to sew with, um, because vinyl can get really sticky with your sewing foot. And when sewing with cork, you don't even need to put a vinyl, um, a, a Teflon sewing foot on um, most of the time when you're sewing with cork versus vinyl's really sticky and you definitely need to put a Teflon foot when you're sewing with that. So yeah, that that was a more complex bag. And um, I'm so used to the So Sweetness patterns and there's a, a specific um, type of style in making Sarah's bags that uh, we're all used to those of us who, you know, so, you know, a lot of her patterns. So this was the first time that I did a, a pattern from Blue Calla. And of course, it's written a little differently. It has a different style and tempo to the rhythm of making it. And um, at first, and I was not the only one, there was a couple of other people like, oh, this is so different. La, what do I do? But um, as you worked through it, it was good. It was fine. And at the end of the day, I was like, you know, we learned a few new techniques of how to do the same thing, which is good because it's nice to know that more than one way to do something. And there definitely is a million ways to do a single thing. So um, that was great. Uh, And one of the things I'm talking about is, um, for those of you who have sewn bags before, um, when you box the bottom of a bag, um, that's when you kind of take the bottom and it makes like a little bit of a point, like a triangle, and you sew across that triangle, and then it makes like a straight line, and it it gives the bag some depth um, based on how far in you sew. Well, this was that technique, except that you also did you boxed the lining at the same time as you did the exterior bag, which also had a layer of foam on it. So there were a ton of layers. And when you do this, you do have to be pretty precise. Uh, So I've never done that before. And um, one of my sides came out great. And then the second side I did have to rip out because a little bit of the foam was peeking through because the cork had slipped. So I (laughs) I learned that you really have to like clip it really well because the cork does have a tendency to move and in fact I might even have next time if it didn't work out the second time I was going to put some double stick wonder tape to keep that cork held in place it's not go anywhere (laughs) but it worked out Um, it was just a pain trying to get all the stitches ripped out from all all of those layers but that was a a new technique and it was um, you know, the most challenging part for me for the bag, you would have thought that maybe the zipper would have been, you know, the hardest part, but it wasn't. So um, that was a great first day. And um, the 23, I think there were 23 attendees all together. And it was really a perfect amount. Everyone really got to know each other. And um, I've been at a other retreats where um, you don't get a whole lot done. And there's such just a lot of stuff going on and chaos and and some people are there to sew and some people aren't 
Well, this retreat, everyone was there to to sew and everyone was there to get their projects done. And that was really cool. I loved it. But at the same time, it wasn't like silent in the room and like we're only focused on this. It was just a really nice balance of, you know, talking and chatting and and sewing at the same time. And um, it was just so pleasant. It really was. Um, So I really thoroughly enjoyed it. And then in the evenings, I wasn't sure, you know, like going into this because I I went there really not knowing anyone. Uh, So um, I um, thought that maybe I would just kind of like close up shop and when the because the class, the class or the workshop ended at four in the afternoon. However, you could keep sewing and you could be in there till midnight if you wanted to. And some people did stay in there like uh, not many, maybe like one or two people stayed in there the whole time. But um, the rest of us actually went out as a group and we went to dinner. So that was really great. So um, in fact, we did it both nights. So that is how fast Everyone got to know each other and became friends. And I met people, oh, like from all over, um, from Canada. And I was very familiar with where they're from because my sister-in-law currently lives right in that same area. So we had a ton to talk about. And um, there were some people from the East Coast, a few people from Pennsylvania and um, Florida, couple of people from my own area, Chicago. So that was cool. Um, sat across, right across from someone that was only lived a few miles from the venue. So that was great. Um, and yeah, and the person next to me too, she was from um, just a couple towns over from me. So it was, it was great. And then on day two, um, Sarah Lawson did the workshop and we made one of her newer patterns called the satellite bag. This bag is so cute and it's very useful. It is a crossbody bag that looks like a, like a little messenger bag, but it's not too small and it's not too big. It is literally like the perfect size, I think. And I've already used it several times because, um, I, when I, go walking with my dog at the end of the day I I like to just be hands-free and I don't want to like be you know you got to put some your phone somewhere and you got to put the doggy poop bag somewhere and a little treat so you know I just toss it into my um my satellite bag and put it over my shoulder and I can walk him and just be completely hands-free and it's wonderful. I love it. And plus it's so cute because it's in a, a cute tulip pink uh, fox fabric from her chipper collection. So that was great. And that bag um, was really not that difficult to make. Um, again, um, this there was a a need to try, you know, to get it done before because they were doing a group photos um, right after the class. So I was furiously trying to to get that done. And then, of course, the um, the uh, speedy, prolific person next to me was like, give me your lining pieces. And so <laughs> she sewed my lining pieces together and uh, I was able to get it done. Yay. So that was great. And um, the retreat overall was wonderful. Um and I highly recommend it. However, uh, I don't, they're not doing retreats next year. So that was another reason why I really wanted to get onto this one. 
because I knew she was not. She's kind of like taking a break from it. Not that they're not ever going to do one again, but um, definitely next year they're not going to be doing uh, a So Sweetness retreat. So, but you could still get your So Sweetness fill on. Um, she's got some live shows that she does every week, Sarah Lawson. So check it out. Check out So Sweetness and also check out Blue Cala Patterns because she's got some really cute bags, bag patterns. Um, Celine does. So um, that was the So Sweetness retreat. Uh, all right. And by the way, the speedy lady next to me was wonderful. She had um, taught home ec um, for a number of years, and she currently um, does a lot of um, charity quilt sewing projects, and she is truly, I mean, a a very um, well-experienced, advanced sewist, quilter, bag maker, you know, extraordinaire. So I learned a couple of actually um, cool tips from her. And, um, you know, when you're, when you're sitting around people that are better than you, um, it's, it's always good to just like absorb, like I like to do that, absorb like a sponge and, and she was more than willing to teach and, and to show me a couple of, of really cool um, um, just um, insider tricks and tips on on sewing. So, um, you know, I really appreciated sitting next to her. So I did, of course, you know, day one, you don't really know anybody very well. So you're just starting to get to know people. And um, she was um, well already into several of the steps of the first bag before the workshop even began. So I was like, Oh boy, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm a little, uh, a little intimidated, but not to worry. She was wonderful, sweetest person. And, um, I really enjoyed sitting next to her. In fact, I enjoyed everyone, not only at my table, but in the entire room. And how many times can you say that? That's what was so unique about this retreat. I just can't say that enough. Um, even though, you know, our our little community of, of sewing, quilting, and, and bag making generally is that. I mean, hey, we're nice people, right? <laughs> and we support each other's, um, you know, creative makes and accomplishments and cheer each other on. So, yeah, um, I love that. I really absolutely love that about our community. So that was great, and um, the retreat overall was wonderful, um, and I highly recommend it. However, uh, I don't, they're not doing retreats next year, so that was another reason why I really wanted to get onto this one, because I knew she was not. She's kind of like taking a break from it. Not that they're not ever going to do one again, but um, definitely next year they're not going to be doing uh, a So Sweetness retreat. So, but... You could still get your So Sweetness fill on. Um, she's got some live shows that she does every week, Sarah Lawson. So check it out. Check out So Sweetness and also check out Blue Cala Patterns because she's got some really cute bags, bag patterns. Um, Celine does. So um, that was the So Sweetness retreat. The next thing I'm going to um, update you on is... I um, 
I have a YouTube channel. I just started it, so there's only two videos up right now. But I encourage you to go check out my YouTube channel. It's under my name, Stephanie Socha. Uh, the first video I have is on making a swaddle blanket tutorial. And the second one I just uploaded yesterday, um, and it is... Um, I, I I named it a vlog because it's not a tutorial. It's just um, I I did um, review the So Sweetness retreat, and um, it's not going to be the same information that I just gave you. Uh, but I I show you all the stuff that I got from her pop up shop. I show you photos of all the product, the, all this rainbow candy yummy goodness. And I show you the bags I made, show you the patterns, show you some tools. Um, so that that's on there. And then I also did a an unbox of my very first FabFit Fun box. FabFit Fun has been around for a little while, and some of you may even have your own subscriptions. Um, I love watching unboxings of these on YouTube. Um, I've been wanting to do this. I don't know why I waited so long, but I just, I think I want, I wanted to see like a full year of, of other people's boxes from them before I decided to kind of jump in and do it. What this is, is a subscription box, but it is only four times a year. So it's seasonal to, to the seasons, fall, winter, spring, summer. I love that because you don't go broke, um, you know, signing up for this subscription box. And you get a good mixture of things that are not just one particular, um, I guess, type of product. So um, I guess essentially you're supposedly getting like at least $200 worth of product for uh, $49. And for your very first box, you get $10 off. So um, I only paid $39 for my first box. That was the fall box. The other thing I liked about this box is that I could choose some of the items that go into it, which I really love because um, on some, this kind of has um made me not sign up for certain other uh, subscription boxes like for the quilting or sewing um, subscription boxes because um, a lot of the times uh, I already have the notions that they put in there um, and the fabrics I don't know I just um, I haven't seen one yet where I'm like, yes, I would love getting those types of fabrics all the time. So I don't know, maybe it's just because I'm a control freak with the fabrics. But <laughs> I, I think there are a couple out there where they might give you a choice of which type of fabrics you would like. I, I'm not sure. Maybe I think I saw this in Fat Quarter Shops box, but I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. But anyway, back to the FabFitFun. So um uh, that's on the YouTube video, but I'll just talk about it real quickly here. Um, you get product that's um, either like, you know, kitchen um, essentials, like I got this real cute little teapot, um, hand towels. You can get um, beauty products, skincare, 
um, and fashion products. They they will have jewelry, scarves. Um, I got a um, tote bag, this black vegan leather, which is a faux leather tote bag for uh, Vince Camuto brand. It's really nice. So take a look at the YouTube video to take a look at it. But um, And then there was like some skincare stuff um, in there as well. So I was really um, very pleased with my first box, the fall one. And I'm looking forward to being able to pick out what I want uh, in my upcoming winter box. So that is a thumbs up for me. And then another one that I just, it's not, it's a subscription type of a thing, but it's more um, designed after if you've ever gotten um, one of those um, blue apron or, you know, the, the meal subscription boxes where they send you the ingredients and then you you have everything you need to make like a nice dinner and you don't have to go shopping for it, that sort of thing. But then you can skip, um, you know, weeks if you need to. That's what this one is um, designed similarly towards. And it's called Grove Collaborative. And this one was completely um, like a, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Impulse buy. That is what this is. It's called Grove Collaborative. And it was a pop-up ad in my Instagram feed. Yes, they got me. They got me hook, line, and sinker. Grove Collaborative is a subscription service uh, for natural products. So they've got all of the Meyer brand products like the hand soaps, dish soap, laundry, paper towels, toilet paper, and they've got a whole bunch of other brands, seventh generation, that sort of thing, um, products. And the initial, um, I guess, like the special that they were doing was they gave away four or five full-size products free with your first order. This was such a great deal. I got like a huge box, well, not huge, but I got a good size box of product and it was only around $25. Plus there was, oh no, there wasn't shipping. Sheesh. Yeah. So they're, they were giving away, um, a free 60 day VIP, which meant free shipping. Uh, and I think it's like a $20 minimum. That's not so bad. So I got a glass bottle um, spray bottle and it had the little silicone um, thing on the bottom so it didn't break. That was one of the freebies. Um, a full-size uh, dish soap was a freebie. Um, another full-size something, laundry. I think the laundry soap was a freebie. So um, yeah, four or five of those. And then I added in because I love, you know, um, the Meyer products and there were a couple of other things, uh, I tossed in there, but I mean, um, it came like within two days. So, um, <laughs> and I kind of did this and I knew, you know, that I could cancel it at any time cause it said that. So I, I didn't even know what I was signing up for, which is terrible. Um, 
but I just took a closer look at it today and um, found out that it is a monthly subscription and they kind of, you got to check out your cart because they will fill it with um, the stuff that you previously ordered. So for those people who want to get the same thing every month, but um, then I looked into it further and like a Blue Apron or a HelloFresh, you can skip months. So I really like that because um, I don't really need to order cleaning supplies every month. And it's not just cleaning supplies on this site. Um, there, It's health and beauty. There's candles. Um, just um, a lot of – there's pet stuff and kid stuff. So um, there's a lot of stuff on there. And the pricing is really good because normally a Myers hand soap is about $4.99 in the stores unless it's on sale. And their price is $3.89. So anyway, this was kind of like a cool little discovery and I am looking forward to seeing how it goes. Okay, so let's talk about some fall decorating. We're at the time of the year where everything is moving indoors because summer is over, the weather is getting cooler in most of the northern regions, and uh, we're now starting to think about the um, upcoming holidays that are right around the corner. Um, some people do a lot of entertaining and hosting. And uh, what's um, really nice is if you can get like a little makeover for your dining room or foyer, or powder room, whatever. Um, the biggest way to make the most impact is with paint color. And it's not really that expensive and you can really change the whole look of a room just with the paint color. So um, I'm going to talk about paint. Um, you know, uh, I think uh, I've narrowed it down to the three things that give people the hardest times in making decisions on. And that is quality, finish, and color. So when I talk about quality, I mean the quality of the paint that you buy. Um, most of the hardware stores have that, you know, entry-level line of paint. Um, but then what a lot of people don't know about is that there's usually um, a mid and a higher range of that paint line. So I would definitely bypass that lowest um, entry-level line of paint because um, you, you'll really, I mean, if you're going to invest the time, if you are painting yourself, um, you're not going to want to spend more time trying to get the coverage you need from these paints because usually they're much thinner and don't have the coverage and um, just the quality is just not there. So start with a mid-range level of paint. And by that, I mean, um, so I, I'm going to talk about the paint that I am most familiar with and what most people um, end up um, painting with is Benjamin Moore. Benjamin Moore has just, you know, every color in the world. They have several different lines of paint. They even have a low base level, which please don't do that. 
Um, definitely, um, I use their mid-range level a lot, and it's called the Regal Select. It is not too expensive. It's not very expensive, and it's definitely worth the investment, and you will get a good performance, good coverage from this paint. Uh, so that is the quality that you should strive for. So no matter what brand that you get, whether it is a hardware store, um, I know Lowe's has a brand called Valspar, and that is definitely a good line of paint. Just make sure you get the mid-range um, quality um, of their paint. And um, yeah, so then going into finish... There's different finishes of paint, and um, this is another area where, um, you know, many people don't know enough about, and that is the finish. So um, if you've ever moved into a new home that um, had kind of like contractor grade um, construction in there for like, you know, they've just the contractor just put everything into the house, a brand new house and sold it. The walls on the, the paint on the walls um, generally scuffed up right away on you. And uh, you probably had to, to paint um, very soon after moving in. That is because most of the time um, contractors will just use flat um, finish paint. Flat finish paint is quick, easy, covers up all the flaws of a wall and um, they don't, I mean, it's just very, they prefer just, I mean, that's like the easy button. Um, but it is not good for, um, you know, busy, high traffic areas where little fingerprints are going to get on them or they're going to get nicked with bags, um, you know. I mean, anything that touches a flat finished wall paint finished wall will mark it up uh, so you are going to want to have at least an eggshell finish and this finishes um a benjamin moore term so other lines of paint um I think a lot of them do go by eggshell, but some of them won't. So um, what you have to find out is eggshell is just a certain level of sheen and it makes it washable. I mean, even scrubbable. And it doesn't have, it's not like a high gloss. So it's not going to be super shiny. It's just going to have a little touch of a shine, but you're going to be able to wash it, wipe it down, scrub it if you need to. And this is where on the entry level paint lines, you will not be able to scrub because you'll be rubbing the color right off your walls. Benjamin Moore, Regal Select in eggshell, you will be able to wash it, soap and water, scrub it, and it will hold up beautifully. So if you have, let's say you have a nice formal dining room and you want like that museum quality flat matte look. There is a paint um, uh, in Benjamin Moore that is called uh, Regal Matte. And it is a washable matte finish. I still would not use it in super high traffic areas. But for a room like a dining room, I would definitely put it in there. And uh, you'll get a, like a really beautiful 
um, matte finish in there, and you won't have to worry about someone bumping their bag into it and, and making an indelible mark. Um, so it just depends on what areas. And and if you're in a kitchen, um, you know, some people even bump that finish up to like a satin or a pearl finish, and those definitely get a little bit shinier. But um, they will hold up like you wouldn't believe, and they will be so washed and scrubbable um, and easy maintenance. Um, but overall, eggshell will, will work. Um, so... That is, and, and the finish too. So on ceilings, you definitely can paint ceilings a flat finish and you kind of want that to be flat. Um, so that's one surface in a room where you do use the flat color. So sometimes people will get paint and they're going to they're gonna paint the walls and the ceiling all the same color. Well, you really, you really probably will want to get a different um you know, finish for the ceiling, flat for the ceiling and eggshell um, or regal mat for your walls. Um, and then, of course, for your trim, that's even going to be a, a different finish. But usually that trim and doors are going to be a different color anyway. Um, so your trim and your doors um, will definitely look nice in a satin or pearl finish. And it's going to be much more heavy duty with all of the hands and and handprints and action that it sees on a daily use. Um, so those are the finishes and um, color. So uh, color is definitely always a quandary for people. And um, I, I see this just in all my years of working um, in interior design and with people that generally are very afraid of color um, because, you know, sometimes too, when you have an initial change of color, your eyes are not used to it and immediately you make a snap judgment and you're like, oh, I don't like it. I don't like it. Oh my gosh, what did I do? Well, you before you do that, you've really got to just take a breath and live with it. Live with that color before you're like, oh, nope, paint it back. I want it all white again. <laughs> um, live with that color for a week or at least a couple of days because it just takes a little bit of time to get used to it because it's just walls are floor to ceiling. So, I mean, it is a lot of surface. And... um so you just have to give your eyes time to adjust. Uh, but with that said, uh, talking about color, I, I would love to see more walls with color on it. Um, I mean, we've been in this gray zone for, you know, at least five years now. And I love gray. I love the color gray. But I mean... Uh, enough of the gray. <laughs> gray on the walls, gray on the furniture, gray on the rugs. Where is the color? We need some color. There is truth to the psychology of color. It really does affect our our moods and the way we just um, are, are, are feelings. You know, it can elevate or diminish your mood. 
there, that's why sometimes, you know, and especially with us that are, you know, crafty makers and quilters and sewers, we react to color even more so. Um, and they, we know what colors make us happy and what colors that, you know, we absolutely don't like. I mean, you know, one of my favorite colors is purple, but I have seen several people that are just vehemently like, ew, purple, gross. So it's a very personal thing. But, um, you know, you just consider color on your walls, especially if most of your furniture and your flooring is a neutral. Um, and it doesn't have to be like a bold, dark, strong color. But um, I mean, even just like stray away from the gray and put like a an off-white or a creamy white on the walls. It's warm. That is a nice color and it's still neutral and you can still have, you know, it makes a nice background if you have wall hangings or quilts, art quilts, um, artwork. Um, and um, if you're still afraid of color, you know, try, uh, there's a color and I've specified it a few times and actually my sister did it in her house. It's gorgeous. It's Benjamin Moore 925. That is a very nice creamy white. It doesn't read too yellow and it doesn't read too white. Um, it doesn't have any tints. of. It's just a nice, um, just a neutral cream. And 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 it and it looks white really. You look at it and it looks white, but it's a warm white, like an off white. So um, if if you're you know still afraid of color, maybe try that. And um, if you're gonna go for some color, do color. Like I mean, it doesn't have to be dark. It could still be a light um, color range of you know, a blue or um, a green, sage green is coming back again. That was really like the color about 18 years ago. It was, it was all about the sage green. And that actually is a pretty nice color. Um, It's, it's got a, a, the sage has a good amount of gray in it. So I think that's why it has become popular again, because I think that people are starting to get a little weary of gray everywhere. Um, but, um, again, I have nothing against gray. I love gray, but I just, I like a balance of, of color accenting, um, or filling the space, you know, with your neutrals. Um, so that is, um, those are some alternatives to gray. And, um, also another thing to consider is your trim color, um, I know lately, especially since that one HDTV show, um, can't think of the name of it, but you guys know the Joanna Gaines show. Um, I think they started doing a lot of the black, uh, window interior trim, um, trim around your doors. And that's really cool too, especially if you did do a creamy white color and then if you're, um, your trim was a charcoal or a black, that would be a nice contrast and you would add some depth. And the one thing that a darker trim color does is when you're looking out of a window, it just kind of 
recedes and it, and, and it brings the outdoors in more without noticing a frame of white around it. So that's kind of like a nice thing with a deeper um, trim color. And um, let's see what else color. Oh, here's another thing too. Um, the apps that you take a picture of your room and then you like, you know, pick these colors on, they're okay. But again, anything with a computer generated color on a photograph, on a computer screen, on a phone screen, is not going to give you a true representation of the color. So I think that you should invest the $2 in a little sample pot of paint, paint a um, foam core board, like a big piece. I'm talking like a 20 by 30 inch piece. That little sample pot will paint the whole thing and then some. And put it in the room that you want to paint and move it around and look at it at all different times of the day when it's sunny and in the morning on a cloudy day in the evening, especially a color like a sage green. That is very complex. That color can change to a completely different color just with the movement of the sun or, um, you know, the difference between daylight and dark, you know, in the evening. So um, do that and I think you'll get a much more accurate idea of that color and in a larger format too. Um, so those are some of my tips to help you choose color. Oh, and one other thing with the color just um, narrow it down to like three options. Do not give yourself 10 to 15 options of color because it will be impossible for you to edit and narrow down to that one color. That is the perfect one. So um, let's say if you are looking for um, a blue color, uh, don't pick out five shades of blue that are around the same color of blue. So um, choose like, you know, the, the level of saturation that you want. Like, for instance, if you wanted like more of a, a robin's egg blue, then, you know, choose, choose the light. You know, the robin's egg blue is a little bit more on the light um, the light uh, level of saturation or color. It's, it's light, um, not a medium tone or a dark tone, but, um, you know, choose like two, maybe two to choose from. Don't choose like five or seven or 10 around the same color. Um, and, um, if you are deciding between a couple of colors, do the same thing. Just, just pick one of three. If those don't work, I mean, the way that you could really narrow it down is think about it as cool and warm colors. Every color has a cool and a warm, um, you know, spectrum that it can go into. So like a robin's egg blue can be, it can be pretty warm if it has more green in it. Like a Tiffany blue is, has a lot of green in it. 
Um, but another color range of that people can call robin's egg blue could be more of an aqua blue. So that would be cool. Um, so most of us kind of know whether we gravitate towards warm colors or cool colors. So when you're doing that, look more towards those type of, of shades of the color that you want. So hopefully that makes sense. <laughs> I could just talk all day about colors. I love color and um, as much, I guess, as I love fabrics. So um, good luck with your paint colors. And um, I hope that this helps you ease the process and that you're able to pick a color out and make a decision much quicker and easier so that you can spend more time sewing. (laughs) Yay. All right. And then there's one more thing. Um, I do want to talk about a line of paint. It's very high end and they've been opening up retail stores in the United States. And uh, there's one, I know there's a couple actually in the Chicago area. It is called Faro and Ball. F-A-R-R-O-W and Ball. B-A-L-L. F and B. This is a paint company out of the UK, uh, Dorset, England, to be um, exact. And this paint is about, I don't know, it's definitely over $100. I don't know if it's 100 I think it's $125 a gallon. I know, it's a lot. It's especially if you need like five gallons to <laughs> to paint a, you know, double story or vaulted, you know, ceiling room. Um, but I think, you know, you should check it out. You can go to their website. They've just introduced nine new colors this year, and they are sending out free color cards with their little, little swatches of every color in their collection and including these nine colors. And there's an interesting thing they did with this color card. It's a double layer and there is a really pretty kind of like a butterfly insect sort of um, drawing or sketch on the back. You can scan it and it'll come up. You have to scan it with a specific app. I think it's called Blip Art App. Uh, no. Yeah, Blip Art. B-L-I-P-P-A-R app. I did that. I downloaded it. I scanned the the back of this color card and it came up with um, these nine new color introductions. They showed um, beautiful inspiration rooms that were painted with all of these colors to give you some ideas. And um, there are also videos uh, for each of the colors, and they talk about how these colors were inspired. I have not watched all the videos yet, but I think that that is pretty cool, um, and I love it. I really, I love this line of paint. Um, it is actually different than all of the other paints that are available here in the States because it is made from actual organic compounds like clay. We're talking about a clay-based paint um, with or clay pigments is what I'm trying to say here. Um, and the depth of color is like none other. I mean... You, you can get a lime white that has such depth. You can't, 
I mean, you, there's just something about it. And, and you're just like, wow, this looks like such a, like a natural stone color. It's just beautiful. And then they have some other colors. They have some beautiful blues and grays. And Oh, here we go with the gray again. <laughs> but um, they, they're beautiful. So, um, yeah, you know, take a look at it and you can get your free color card. And if anything, that color card will give you some um, little paint swatches with ideas on colors. And... Um, uh, they have a different labels of finishes. So when I was talking about eggshell, their their terminology for that is different. I think it's called modern um, estate eggshell. Um, their their modern emulsion, I believe, is the flat finish. You don't want that because that like marks up with any little touch. So anyway, um, take a look at this and. Let me know what you think. Um, let me know what colors you guys are painting your rooms. All right, so have fun with your fall decorating and interior makeovers. Uh, thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. Next week, I have a guest, a special guest on, uh, Sarah Clevenger, and she uh, sews. Uh, mostly clothing apparel, and she's wonderful. Um, she uh, is actually formally educated in fashion design, so I'm really excited to share that episode with you guys next week. So have a great day, and uh, you know, enjoy living your best creative life. Wow, that sounded really Oprah-esque there. Live your best creative life, but it's true. Do live your best creative life and have fun. And I leave you with this creative quote to get you through the rest of the week. Life is a great big canvas. Throw all the paint on it you can. By Danny Kay. Thanks for listening to the Make and Decorate podcast with Stephanie Socha Design. Come find me on my website at stephaniesochadesign.com and check out the show notes page. Post your comments. Send me an email. Let me know what you're up to and what questions you might have. I'd really love to hear from you. Toodles. Until next time. Bye. Bye.